this week's show. An incredible start to the season for Lidtown. Boss Mickey Doyle tells us all about it. Boss, for us, really, we just made up with how the boys that took it on board, really. Now we've started. It's been excellent. Pegged back at home, but Warren Feeney's still positive after his Welling United side continued their unbeaten run. You know, the goal was disappointing, but I'm not going to be critical on the boys because they've been absolutely brilliant for me. And have they turned the corner? Four points in a week for Dover Athletic. We hear from Boss Adley Hessentyler. We look a lot more solid, and the more solid we are, the more games we'll win. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. Uh, there was a time on Wednesday when I wasn't sure we were going to get here or not, but we managed it in the end, and we do have three interviews for you to enjoy in the end. Phew. Uh, I'm John Phipps, who, aside from waiting in for two whole days for Amazon parcels this week, was also told at the weekend that I'm less bothered about upsetting people in a work role, which I actually think is a compliment. And on the line now is a man who, for the first time in a long, long while, supports a football team that got four points this week. Uh, Matt Jarrett, we'll talk about that shortly, but how are you? Yeah, good, mate. Yes, I'm I'm good. My ailments are um, still there, but they're getting better, hopefully. Um, apart from that, yeah, it's been a busy week, uh, a few things doing at home, busy at work. Uh, winter's coming, which is a bit disappointing because we've been going out in the morning, taking the dog at silly o'clock. It's getting a bit colder. I do like the summer. It's a bit, but, you know, even at football on a Saturday, you know, it's getting a bit colder and I'm not really a big fan of that, but... Yeah, apart from that, we're, we're all good. Busy, busy week with kids and stuff. But yeah, um, yeah, living the dream, as I like to say. Have you uh, have you had to get the big coat out yet for for a match? You know, I did say to Megan about that, and she said, "Oh, your green coat must have come out." No, I think it probably will come out soon. So, and hopefully, I might find a fiver or something in the pocket when I get it out. Probably <laughs> not, but you know, yeah, I'll delve deep in there. Probably. A leaked pen's probably in there or anything like that. But no, it, it will be coming soon, but it is getting cold. I'm more concerned about my feet. That always is a problem. So the big boots might have to come out of the drawer as well, out of the cupboard as well. So, yeah, you know when it's getting there. But again, that's the first world problem when you're made about the cold of football. I'll it? tell you what, if you if you did leave a fiver in your pocket, you won't have sweet mug because that was worth so much more then. <laughs> yes, yes, that has been, uh, yeah. I haven't looked at my pension this week, but um, a guy I work with is a few years older than me. He said, don't look at your pension because... Um, you start crying after what's going on. And I have to say, what an absolute shambles this country is at some times, isn't it, really? Um, clearly, we're not, we're not going into a political one, but, you know, I think they're as bad as each other. But if Rishi Sunak, who's been running the country for the last few years, seemed to poo-poo this eye pretty quickly, and he's keeping his nut down after what the work they're doing now, um, you have to say something's definitely going wrong. But um, it's probably only going to get worse, isn't it? So, uh, yeah. It is. And, and you know what? I... Well, again, we're not going to go too much into it and, and the politics and stuff, but I'm a very, very relieved man at the moment, as you can imagine, with all the mortgages and stuff like that, wow, uh, with everything I've been through in the last few months. Um, so, yeah, I'm uh, I'm very happy that uh, that it's all kind of come well, to... Yeah, we, uh, we have a mortgage that I think is 8 August next year that ends, and we're on something like 1.24%, I think. <laughs> you won't be in August yeah, next well, exactly, year. Exactly, you know, and, that, and, you know, and that's, yeah. And, and the cost of everything else, so... It's going to be a difficult time, I think, for a lot of people. So just to keep, well, well, my theory, keep your nut down. Yes, exactly. That's a very sensible thing uh, to say. But even though we're going to hell in the handcart, we are still going to be here uh, all the way through until um, we can't afford heating, Wi-Fi uh, and to go to football. I made a uh, so, boy error today, though, because I'm on my work laptop, of course. And I always thought, right, on a Thursday or Wednesday, make sure I charge my laptop at work. And I didn't get it out of the bag. So, of course, oh, I'm using my own electricity now. Oh. When I, you know, and so, um, 
I think we've seen it at work. Everybody's sort of bringing their own stuff in, their laptops and everything, phones, and they're using the company's electricity rather than um, uh, their own. So I am using my own electricity here, which is a school. But we have thought about the, um, the, the mythical heating word has come up, but we have decided just put an extra layer of clothing on. But I'm sure the kids at some point will be uh, um, moaning about that. <laughs> so we have to wait and see. Yes, if anybody would like a, a snapshot of what life is like for me currently recording this podcast, uh, I have got one cat about a foot away from me uh, by, over my shoulder and the other one sitting forlornly looking at its bowls as if it hasn't been fed. Well, I can assure everybody that these two cats eat like king and queen uh, so they can pipe down and they might get some treats when we're finished. But I'm not giving up the podcast for you two. OK, you can get down <laughs> off there as well. Also, my mate, um, the... Uh, uncle of Bradley Baker lived on a bit later. He said we used to go, he used to go to Germany when he used to go to football. He said today he listens to the pods. He, you know he likes his thing. He said here I found a novel way of listening to the podcast. I turn the speed down to minus one point seven. It makes you sound battered, and we're on one of our nights out. <laughs> so so I think that was quite good. I don't know if I'm really dry like that. So I took that as a compliment when he said that. So I thought I'd let people know. So. Because I, when I listen to my podcast, I don't listen to our one. I always put it on one point five because it makes it go quicker. So, and it, but clearly he wants to make it go slower, so I sound like I'm smashed. That's a, that's a, that's a big fan. I'm very very impressed by that. So thank you very much for the uh, for, for for wanting to listen to us in slow mo. Why not? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So well, to be fair, it's been a long time since I've been battered. I have to say, <laughs> uh, from there. So that, those were the days. Yeah, they certainly were. I, I would say it's been a long time since I was battered, but I got absolutely smashed in Berlin last week, okay, as we yes. discussed on last week's Kent Only podcast, which was rubbish. This one's not going to be so bad, I promise. Uh, it's our 227th episode this week, and that led me to an American sitcom called 227, which had 116 episodes between 1985 and 1990. In the interest of research, and so that you don't have to, I tried to watch some of it, and all I can say is that it certainly wasn't Friends or any other sitcoms that you might enjoy. The most remarkable thing was, uh, in true 1980s star there is an actress who at the time was 29 years old and she looked nearer to 50 so having covered that sitcom which got its name from the apartment building the characters were lived in i'm gonna ask matt are you familiar with the twitter phenomenon of at 80s aging a marvelous account showcasing that people much younger than us used to look much much older than we are now there is a football one isn't it when these footballers like panini stickers and they look yeah yeah that's it yeah 80s yeah that's it yeah yeah that's it yeah yeah some of them um unbelievable yeah yeah I don't what clearly people had some really bad paper rounds back in the day when you see some of these footballers. So, but everybody looks so, you know, better these days. So it must have been well, probably the three day week and the electricity problems in the seventies. So I expect my kids in about thirty years gonna look about fifty <laughs> the way it's going anyway, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. It's very very true. So what's, yeah, that, uh... what's that sitcom? Surely Channel Four must have had it at some point. I don't know. Do you know what? Eighty five, ninety. I wasn't interested in American sitcoms and and. It, it looked like one of those that possibly wouldn't have made it across the pond very well. Uh, it wasn't the uh, it wasn't the best from what I saw. But hey, who knows? Maybe maybe someone out there will like it. You can find it on YouTube. That's what I did. Uh, and yeah, it's it's, it's not uh, in the upper echelons of uh, American comedy. I wouldn't say. Anyway, let's get on with the show. And we're going to start in the Skeffel First Division, where it's been quite the start to the season for Lidtown. Top of the league, the leaders have now added an FA Vars upset to their CV by knocking out Hollands and Blair on Saturday. Only on today, I'll call up with boss Mickey Doyle to discuss their great start to the season. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty um, 
Ross for us, really. We just made up, we vowed the boys and took it on board, really. And now we've started. It's been excellent. I mean, it's not just the league as well. You had that brilliant result on Saturday in the FA Vars. I mean, Hollands and Blair, they're, they're the step above and you've gone there and, and you've got a result against them. You've got to be delighted with that one. Absolutely, yeah. I think um, the way we played, um, Tyler Sterling was outstanding. The back four were outstanding. Um, the midfield three were outstanding and we deserved the win. I don't think anyone in the ground could, could say otherwise. So, always good and it makes history for the club like it's the first time Leeds ever got into the first round proper so made up for the whole club especially the chairman who works so hard so and it does a big thing as well the Vars doesn't it because it, it helps put the club on the map yeah especially little old lead um, it needs needs putting on the map do you know what I mean um, it's a big club and it's been in the in the shadows a bit sleeping giant really and now now it's starting to rise and wake up and um, we're doing well hopefully we can do a little bit more what's been the secret this season because obviously you were sort of mid-table last season I seem to remember when we were going through results you conceded a lot of goals you've obviously sorted that out this year yeah so we I've been in charge now for I think it's my fourth season but I had a lot of Covid hit seasons and stuff like that um, we've been trying to change the culture how we do things behind the scenes Um the backroom staff, Owen Kezak and Dexter, been fantastic. They're new on board this year, uh, have been excellent. We've had it, we had a lot of meetings over the summer. We got the senior players involved in the meetings, say this is what we expect, this is how we do things, what do you think? Ryan Smith, the captain, has been brilliant um, and pushing our standards, really. And we've just done it like a collective way um, and it is starting to pay off. So, hopefully, we can just keep it going. It's difficult, isn't it, because of where you are. I suppose it makes things really hard, because there's some, there's some travelling in this division for you, isn't there? Yeah, it does make it difficult, but we've got a good bunch. We've got good experience with Kenny Pogue coming in, Craig Calvert from Kennerton, and we've got a, a, a few really hungry lads, like Luke Reeves, who joined us from the reserves last year. He's been excellent. Um Harry Alexander from Deal, he, he's chomping at the bit to prove a point. Um, so we've got a really good bunch and they're really close in it. The dressing room is excellent. Uh, fantastic bunch that I've got. So I'm really pleased with that. You mentioned Kenny Pogue there. I think a lot of people kind of really noticed it when you brought him in. How did you manage to get him in? Just through friends, really. And talking to him, sold him, sold him the dream. <laughs> the, the way we want to do things. Brought straight into it. He's friends with a lot of the lads, um, and he's like, "Yeah, I want to, want to, I want to give it a go." So, and he's been excellent. Like Kenny Pogue is just a, a senior semi-pro footballer that every manager dreams to have. So, I'm over the moon with that one. So, uh, you got AFC Whiteleaf at home on Saturday. Obviously, they're new to the league, so that'll be a, a challenge. They're mid-table, but I, I guess you know you can't take anyone lightly in this league, can you? No, no. Uh, Every game's competitive. Anyone can beat anyone in that league. You put a run together, you go from 12th to 3rd. So we've got to make sure standards are high, standards are set. So we make sure we do it all the time. You said about selling the dream to, to Kenny. Was the dream to, to have a really good season and compete at the top of the table? Yeah, of course it was. Yeah. 
I don't think Kenny Pope would come to us to, to be mid-table. And the dream is to, to compete, and we want to compete, and that's what we've been doing, and that's what we will continue to do. So hopefully we just keep adding and keep ticking them off one by one. We're a quarter away through the season, so we still got three quarters of the season to go. Tough periods come Christmas, and you know you've got to have a good run in. So we know what we got to do. We just keep setting small targets and keep ticking them off, and that's all we're going to keep doing. And just funny that the, the club generally, you know, you, you're in a small town. You, you're a little bit of uh, a, a little bit away from everywhere, everywhere else. So I guess it's really important that the community of, of Lid really get behind what you're doing. Yeah, the community are brought into it, um, and especially we we have a lot of people from Ashford as well that that we know, like the friends of players and stuff like that. They're starting to buy into it. Um, couple couple of fans from Hastings. We're doing a lot of work on the social media side of it, um, advertising and stuff like that. The club's been excellent at. So I can't really complain. The more the merrier. Crowds are going up each week, so that's good. But I suppose when you're playing well and getting results, people want to come and watch us. So we just got to keep making sure we do it on the grass. And then the, the rest will come slowly but surely. Well, he said he was a bit lost for words at the start of that, Matt, and you can't really blame him. And that win on Saturday, the cherry on the top of the icing on the cake, isn't it? Unbelievable start to the season, as you mentioned there, because we followed Lid Town quite a bit. Because my mate, we mentioned 1.7 man um, nephew plays, and also the guy, lady at work, her grandson used to play for Lid as well. We always looked at the results. And to be fair to Lid, they'd win games 4-3 and they'd lose games 4-3, didn't they? So we always thought, oh, standard sort of side of this division but clearly they're going on the right footing and when I looked into it and you mentioned they signed Kenny Pogue I think blimey because he was like a key man for Hastings over the last three seasons so it's an absolute signing um always had goals um player from Kennington you mentioned there so clearly they're going in the right direction um if I'd have said at the start of the season knowing what I, what I knew what I thought I knew thought oh They'll be entertainers, but they won't challenge the top. But what a fantastic season they've got. And clearly the manager probably learnt a lot again, not a lot of managers we know from the COVID days. He's on an absolute roll here. And Kenny Pogue, he probably should be playing two levels above. So what a, what a player he is for him. And as he said, sleeping giants down there. So the entertainers are now becoming the winners. Yeah, well, funnily enough, um, as I said to him there, they I, I had in my head they conceded a lot of goals. I've just found last season's league table. Uh, 91 goals they conceded in their yeah. 38 games last year. Only only Chessington and Hugh finished bottom conceded more than that. Uh, so they've obviously... Their, their big signing is obviously Pogue, a striker, but they've obviously shored things up at the back as well. And it's exciting, you know, to, to see a club... As you said, they're a bit of a sleeping giant. They've never been any higher than they are now. But you would think that there's a little bit of potential there. But... As I said to him there, the difficulty that they've got is where they are. I mean, we talk about our places like Margate, Ramsgate, Dover, Folkestone are a bit remote. Well, Lid is on another level to that, isn't it? I mean, they're not far off being in, in Sussex where they actually are. Because when I've driven that way, to so drive that way if I'm going to Ashford or over to Dover or something like that to, to watch a game, I've thought, God, this is this is proper out in the sticks this year at, at Lid. Um, so it's 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 very interesting, and and you know I'm glad to see that they're they're doing well. And as he said, there the community is getting behind them because that's the one advantage they've got. They are Lid. They've got not a lot of people around. They've got not a lot of things around them. So the people of Lid, if they're doing well, are going to get behind them, aren't they? Well, it's going to be a buzz around the buzz around the 
Um, the, the town, really, I think if the football club is doing well, if a football club does as well, it boosts the town. I think, yeah, I think they've got a lot of like my mate Bradley. I think he started at Folkestone. Guy Sterling, I think he's been at Folkestone. So there is maybe a bit of a link between Folkestone as well. So some of the players who maybe, you know, come through Folkestone's academy, maybe not necessarily getting the first team, come and play a lid. And if we say this is a good standard of football and you can learn and grow, and I think they've just slowly brought the team together and done really well. We saw last season, you wouldn't have taken them to beat Hollands and Blair. Clearly, everything is working. Everybody's pulling in the right direction. Uh, and arguably, they could probably support a Scaffold Premier League club, as you mentioned. Where they are, the players they can probably think, the next level they get up, they probably get decent crowds and the community's getting behind it. Again, social media is so important at this level. Uh, any football, just get people involved, the community involved, and a fantastic achievement. It's a long way to go. Brilliant result in the VAR, in the FA Vars beating a team above and great results in the league. At the moment, they're three points clear at the top and um, carry on this form. They could be how many go up in this top one then in the playoffs? You'd have thought they'd be That's hoping, right. You know, with the position they're at the minute, they'd be disappointed not to get in the playoffs. I mean, there's a long way to go, as you said there, and yeah, they're yeah, taking yeah, it, I, you know, yeah. step by step. But it, it, they've laid the foundations. Yeah. And it's, it's As you exciting. know, they can always score goals, John. They've always scored goals. Defensively, you think, if they've, they're always going to score goals with the players they've got. Now, defensively, if they've clearly plugged the hole they had last season, they're going to be successful. And obviously the FA Vars, as well, as I said to him there, it kind of puts clubs on the map, doesn't it? And, and people are looking and saying that's a very impressive result to beat a team from the league above who we know are, are handy in cup competitions and have got a very good experienced manager there. And, you know, we saw last year how Stansfeld went yeah. so far in the Vars. You get, a, you know, you get a good couple more nice draws, then all of a sudden you're deep into the competition. And the, the effects of that are massive because you not only get the finances, you get more and more people talking about you like we are, but also when it comes to next season's competition, you get to go into it further on. So you're guaranteed more money as you go along. So, you know, to, to have a good run in the FA Vars when you're in step six is an absolutely brilliant thing to do. And, and Stansfeld are still reaping the benefits from that from their run last year now. So hopefully they'll be able to, to push on. Yeah, I, I think it's been a fantastic start for the season. Again, just got to carry it on, carry it on. But the players they've got, the experience they've got, plus the youngsters, like Bradley, like Sterling from from the Folkestone guy, always they're looking they're looking good. Yeah, and it, it, you know I think we found that step six is probably a better level of football than than we've realised. And obviously yeah. you know you've got the, you've got the Larkfields and, and the Snodlands in there. Uh, they're the teams to watch there. But what's been noticeable this year more than any other year actually is how the teams that have gone up into the Scaffold Premier Division. Have well. coped, you know. Sutton have had a decent start. Stansfield have had a decent start, and that just shows that the level of football at Step Six is definitely improving. I don't think all the teams are, are necessarily strong, but I think the very top teams are all very good. And it sounds to me, uh, Mickey, there, you know, he's been he's been there for four seasons. Uh, he, obviously, he's had two of them completely ruined by COVID, but he he's got ambitions, and it seems that Lid are, are putting things in place for him to live out those ambitions. And if they were to get into the Skiffle Premier. That'd be an amazing achievement for everybody at Lid, and I think that they would be looking at it and thinking, actually, we can bloody some noses up there as well. I, I think I, exactly. I think they. We. I don't think we would see Stride struggling if they got from this first division with the momentum of winning football matches. That they should be able to be able to 
be more than a match for some of the sides in the league above. So it's a long way to go yet. We had Faversham strike force on. They're still unbeaten in the league. Lid doing well. We expect Larkfield and Newhide to come good. And Snodland probably the favourites as well. But it's going to be more of a competitive division, I think, this season than it has been for a number of years. Absolutely. Let's look through the rest of the FA Vars action then. Uh, there were some good and some not so good results on Saturday. So into the first round proper alongside Lidtown are Beersted, who beat Arundel 2-1. Phoenix Sports were 4-1 winners at Bryden Ropes. Town beat Rochester United 4-0. Fisher overcame Forest Hill Park 2-0. Deal needed penalties to get past FC Elmstead. Rustle also won on penalties in their match against K-Sports. Snodland beat Sutton Athletic on penalties. And on Sunday, Kennington beat Punjab United 2-0. And on Tuesday night, Larkfield and Newhithe made it through with a 4-0 win over Meridian VP. After Saturday's first game had to be abandoned due to an injury to a visiting player. But it was the end of the line for Irith and Belvedere, who lost 3-1 at Broadbridge Heath. Homesdale lost on penalties at Hawley Town after conceding 89th minute equaliser. And Wellingtown, they were also knocked out. They lost 3-1 at Peacehaven and Telson. So only three teams that weren't in all scaffold tyres going out. But Irith and Belvedere, Matt, are the ones that stand out for me. They've won every game so far this season in the league. We had Tony Beckingham on, what, two weeks ago. Very positive, wanted to go a long way in the Vars. And they've fallen at, at quite an early stage. Yeah, Broadbridge, Broadbridge Heath. I've got no idea what that is, but they, yeah, that's a bit of a shock. But maybe it could work in their advantage to, in the league. Um, they, yeah, the cups haven't been kind to them, but the league has this season, hasn't it? So um, it, it's one of those things you've got to forget it and concentrate on the league now. I would have thought. Uh, Broadbridge Heath is in Horsham, uh, so uh, uh, quite a trek yeah. for them yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, on they're, they're, they're one of those recurring villains, aren't they? That come up mm. uh, a lot on this uh, on this here podcast. Yeah, disappointing. Are you okay? I don't know. Again, I don't know nothing about Broadbridge Heath. You'd have thought Erith and Belvedere top of the scaffold. Would have thought they would go there and get a result, but it wasn't to be. Yes, uh, in the scaffold Premier Division, Tommy Dwells two new winners over Stansfield on Saturday. A plethora of midweek games. Bisser scored two penalties in their two-two draw with ten man Hollands and Blair. Two goals in three minutes saw Dealtown come from behind to beat Whitsable 2-1. Irith and Belvedere won 3-1 at Fisher to make it seven wins out of seven. Uh, Glebe overcame Tunbridge Wells 3-1. Canterbury City won 2-0 at Lordswood. The same scoreline for Irith Town in their win at Punjab United. Then on Wednesday, Matt, you're not going to believe what happened on Wednesday night at Homesdale. Wasn't a good nil, was it? A nil-nil draw between wow. Homesdale and Stansfeld. It was 1-1 as Rustall hosted Phoenix Sports and Sutton Athletic beat Wellingtown 4-1. Uh, this weekend, Beersted against Phoenix Sports, Irith Town home to Whitstable Town. That's a big game. Uh, Fisher against Canterbury City. It's Homesdale against Irith and Belvedere. Hollands and Blair against Punjab United. K-Sports host Sutton Athletic. Kennington take on Rustall. It's Stansfeld against Lordswood. Uh, Tunbridge Wells meet Deal Town and Wellingtown host Glebe. Then on Tuesday, Deal at home to Hollands and Blair. Irith and Belvedere meet Glebe. Lordswood against Beersted. Stansfeld against Fisher. Wellingtown meet Punjab United, Whitstable Town host Kennington, and then more games on Wednesday as well. It's a full programme midweek, surely. Canterbury City against K-Sports, Irith Town against Homesdale, Phoenix Sports against Tunbridge Wells, and Sutton Athletic against Rustle. And it's nice, actually, Matt. We've had a bit of FA Cup, a bit of FA Vars. It's actually nice to have some full programmes of fixtures in that division, isn't it? Yeah, I think probably they don't play as much for early doors in midweek because of the cup competitions now. That's probably um, not many, well, the Vars will be a while, but everybody's gone out of the FA Cup. We'll probably see the league calm down. Fair play, the deal got over 500 in their big win against Whitstable in midweek. So I'd be concerned from a Dover point of view if Deal and Dover were at home. I think Deal would probably get more people, but that's a different story. But yeah, Steve King's guy, I'm doing well. Some big games there as well coming up. I think this weekend, it's good time next week. We'll, we'll be interested to see how they get on. Deal going to Tunbridge Wells. Tunbridge Wells struggling a little bit. As you mentioned, Eric against Whitstable. I think Whitstable would like to bounce back from where they are in that. And again, Punjab recently, John, they've, 
had a bit of a blip. Good start to the season, going out of the Vars as well. I think um, they could do with picking up some points. Yes, they could. Uh, just the one game in the First Division 2 on Saturday, a 6-0 win for SC Timsbury. That's going well for them, isn't it? They beat Bermondsey. Uh, Jesse Sentamu scored a hat-trick. Uh, but there were no goals for SC Timsbury on Monday. They drew 0-0 with Forest Hill Park. Uh, Greenways beat Staples 3-2 and... Uh, again on Monday and Tooting Bet won 3-2 at AFC Whiteleaf in Tuesday's only game uh, loads of fixtures there as well Saturday Bryden Ropes against Brilliant VP FC Armstead against Bermondsey Town Forest Hill Park against Tooting Beck Larkfield and New Hyde against Croydon as we've already heard Lidtown host AFC Whiteleaf Rochester United against Greenways Sporting Club Thamesmead against Faversham Strikeforce Snodland Town host Staples Monarchs now Tuesday night it's Bermondsey Town against Bryden Ropes Rochester United against Lidtown and on Wednesday FC Elmstead head to face Lewisham Borough uh, let's move up to the National League South then, where on Tuesday night, the last 100% record at that level went as Ebbsfleet were held to a 1-1 draw at Oxford City. But 28 points from 10 games is still quite the return for the fleet. It was also 1-1 at the game Matt was up on Tuesday night, where we saw his beloved Dover hit back late on to earn a point against Welling United. We're going to hear from both managers, so let's start with Wings boss Warren Feeney. Look, I'm not too disheartened. Um, I said before the game, this is going to be the biggest game of the season for me because, you know, where we have come and after a big game Saturday and, and teams are going to come here now and see us as a scalp um, they had a great result he's a great manager and he gets you know he, he's as he was as a player played against them and believe me never give up and I know he won't and I said to my boys you know we can't play in second gear but I thought tonight we were we showed in stages that what we were about but as I say we didn't do enough to win the game I know we had a lot of chances but we huffed and puffed and uh, as I say the disappointing thing was that you know, I said to the men, you take the one nil, and you you hold your hands up and say it was a rubbish game. But you know, the concentration levels of us to give away the goal we did was poor. And uh, as I said, you look, we've got to take it on the chin. But I'm not too disheartened because of the run we've been on. It's fantastic. You know, eight games in a month. And uh, as I say, we'll keep going. We're still unbeaten, and we'll keep going to the big game Saturday. Did you, uh, you know, second half you looked a bit livelier. The tactic was to get down Davis right. Did you get into him at half time? Yeah, I think so. But you know. I'm more interested in the players heading balls these days because for me no one can head a ball any <laughs> anymore. I said from 10 years ago players aren't coached to head balls but no I said to the players at half time you know you've just got to keep puffing and puffing. You know it might be a 90 plus minute game to go and get that goal. We got the goal I think we what 13 minutes to go but it's that crucial five minutes where you look at the England game last night you know England England take the lead go behind what minutes after and it keeps into the players that's that's the most difficult part of a game's concentration levels and uh, as I said to you look I had a had a go at them at half time but just a little bit more urgency done it in flashes but we didn't do enough tonight and uh, as I said it's one of those games we'll put to bed and move on to Saturday Is that a disappointment not, on Saturday again today you're not holding on to the lead? No to be honest I, I can't you know we, we were on the back from Saturday of what four or five clean sheets in the spin which, no disrespect, uh, if you'd have been at this club last year, I think uh, when I first came in, we'd conceded 69 goals, and I was thinking, I need Harry Potter's wand here. <laughs> um, so, no, it's, it's always nice to get uh, to get clean sheets. Um, and, you know, we knew when having come and started, it was going to be a tough, tough game. But as I said, yeah, this was the big one for me. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, look, you, you go into games, you start with a point, worst scenario, you finish with a point. And, you know, the goal was disappointing, but I'm not going to be critical on my boys because they've been absolutely brilliant for me. You mentioned that you came in back in March, April it was last year, where you are now, you know, 10 games gone or whatever it is now. Are you happy You're where you want to be? You know what? We're probably, and I said this inside, we're ahead of schedule for me. You know, you, you look at Nottingham Forest, they've brought in, what, 22 players. It's getting players to jail. 
It's getting How easy is that as a manager? Hard. It's very, very hard. But, you know, we've got still players here that have brought in who are probably fitting into the way I want to train. Look, I've been professional all my life. I'm based around 46 to 55 plus games a season. So my pre-seasons are, are hard, believe me. And uh, there's probably, you know, the transition from some who have been part-time into the intensity of where I want to train at. Some are still fine. Your feet nice. Says, look, you'll not see probably the best of us until the end of October, going into November. But you know, we're sitting in a in a position, and I said that there. You know, I don't want anyone to get carried away. It's great, but all we wanted to do from last year is to be competitive. We're being competitive. I think you can see where the crowds we're getting, and uh, we'll keep uh, we'll keep moving the club forward. And um, as I said, they're a great bunch, and uh, you know, look, they're disheartened in there, but. And I've been in these games before and uh, it's my job to get them picked up but as I said you were okay Saturday big game again Weymouth you know, lost again at home today is this a bit of a banana skin for you? they all are you know I said there's no disrespect to where we are at this moment teams are going to you know and it's no and I mean there's no disrespect to them but they're going to look at well and go where we are look we want to have a scalp on them again the pressure's on us to go and win it um but look, it's 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 a game where we can win. It's a great competition. The FA Cup. I was lucky to get the final with one of my clubs. Um, and as I said to that boys, you know, I don't like these people at the top level who disrespect the FA Cup by looking to refs players and this. And I know there's a lot of games in the top level, but what a cup! What history for it! Great for for lower league teams. And it's one that um, you know we've already got past where the, the club was last year. And you know we certainly want to go and get into the next round and be one away from uh, from some of the big teams. I think that's the third time we've had Warren on the show, Matt, and I'm always really, really impressed by the way that he talks. Welling, fifth in the table, on a decent unbeaten run. What did you think of them? Um, I thought, um, thanks to, first of all, thanks to Nigel for his um, looking after me there. Good to see him. Good to have a chat with him. Um, I understand as well, actually, before you move on, that there was a bit in the in the programme about, about us at Welling. There probably there was Nigel. To be fair, I have got the program, but I haven't read it yet. So, uh, thank you very much. Nigel did mention that, and I didn't. I should have looked into that. So, I will when I get my football bag out to put it pack it this weekend. I will get it out there, and I'll talk about that next week if that's all right, John. But Nigel was a great host there. Good to see Welling. Big ambitions of that club when they were saying because behind one of the goals, you know the goal opposite where the road is. That's a bit condemned. They're going to do all that, knock things down. Club club on the up. Back to the football. I thought Dover maybe a bit unlucky not to win. Um, first half, Dover knocked it around quite nicely. No real end product. Kept Welling at bay. Um, lack of support really for Aziz and Payne. Maloney, I thought, was quite a good player. As the game went on, Welling came more into it and they knocked on the Dover door. Dover defensively, I thought, was strong. Probably the strongest I'd seen them this season, put the bodies on the line. Um, then Welling got the goal. Um, I think that, yeah, Welling were a little bit off the pace. I think Warren Feeney said that from there, but he's not going to criticise his players because they've had a good start to the season. And Welling scored 1-0. They'll be disappointed the goal they conceded. But excellent last half hour of a game. The first half was very sort of hit and miss. Dover had plenty of possession, but no end product. But then Dover got an equaliser. And then the impressive goalkeeper, Miles Roberts, made a couple of good saves for Welling as the game went on. It was end-to-end stuff at the end. Enzalim hit the crossbar. In the 90th minute, excellent effort. But a good um, good, good game for the Conference South. If you were neutral, last half hour was good. Um, and it gave me a bit more faith in Dover, because I think Welling will be up there. 
And at times, Dover dominated the game. So from a Dover point of view, um, I think they'll be happy with that and they've got to grow grow into that. But Welling, big game this weekend at Weymouth in the FA Cup, which I think is a bit of a banana skin for them. Yeah, looking at the at the league table, Matt, though, I mean, you've seen, I'd say you've probably seen four or five of the top ten. Yeah. Do you think Welling are, are worthy of being up there? I mean, they're, they're two points behind Worthing. Are they better than Worthing? Um, yeah, I think they're, they're better than Worthing because they've got pain and Aziz. They didn't really feed them too much. It was like Aziz was the main sort of target man and pain was the man behind. And um, I'd have swapped them around. Sorry. Yeah, I'd have swapped them around a bit. So Aziz, who is work rate, you cannot grumble with that. Really good work rate. I think if you'd have put Payne up there, who's an absolute menace um, and a nasty sort of player in a good way, he could have put pressure on the, the makeshift David offence and Aziz could have worked together. But yeah, I, I, they're always going to score. And Maloney, I was impressed with. I just thought, um, I think maybe the games have caught up with them. The big game against Haven, when they nearly got a result, um, they looked a little bit leggy, I think. Um, and David nearly exploited that. So I, I, I think they've got a decent manager in Feeney, I think. Um, I think he comes across well. He knows what he wants. I like it. He's tinkering with the squad, bringing players in and out, adding to the squad. So, um, well, Aziz and Payne, you know, could be, you know, behind Epsley's golden gold machines, probably the second best strike partnership in the league if they click. So, um, yeah, I, I think they'll be, I think they'll be up there. Yes. He's an impressive chap, isn't he, Feeney? Yeah, 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 yeah. A couple of times he was talking about, like, you know, comparisons. Like he said something about Scott as well. Well, look at so and You know, I like the fact that he kind of brings in what's going on higher up the pyramid. He's obviously an incredibly passionate football man, isn't he? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, one thing that came out of that, I don't think he particularly rated the side he inherited last season. I don't know how many players they've got left. I probably should have looked into that. But clearly... Um, I think he was delighted with the work he did last season with the players he had to keep them up. And what he said, again, now he's brought a whole new squad together and he, he didn't think they would click this well and he expects them to click on as the season goes on and turn into a bit of machines. So I think he's a good manager. Again, I think if he does well, other clubs may look at him higher up the pyramid for what he's done previously. But Welling is an ambitious club going forward from what, uh, listen to people saying what they're going to do. Um, There's a big vibe around the club as well. And I think he's a big part of that as well. Good manager. And I think as the season goes on, Welling will get better. Yes, for Dover Athletic, it was back-to-back. Good results on the road, having won 2-0 at bottom of the table, Weymouth on Saturday. And Matt also spoke to White's boss, Andy Hessentyler, at Parkview Road. I thought it was a fantastic game. I thought we was excellent tonight. I've got to say, I just said to the boys, that's two games. I thought we've been, been on our travels, long trip to Weymouth on the day, got a good win there. Uh, and tonight we come confident and uh, well in on a good run. First half, wasn't much in the game, was there? We, I thought we had good spells with the ball, never really hurt them, neither, they didn't really with us. And then the second half, we, we did expect them to come after us and, and they did. Uh, but it was sort of end-to-end, really, and, and their keeper gets man of the match in the end. But, listen, I can't fault my players all thought that was outstanding tonight. Yeah, I think defensively, you've got two midfielders playing centre-half, and I think Higgs and Brunner had a good game. You, defensively, strongest, I think, performance I've seen this season. Yeah, well, Saturday, you obviously weren't here, Matt, but I thought we was excellent <laughs> Saturday. I've got to say, when Higgs, he had to go in there when uh, when Gooders, uh, you know, obviously broke his nose. So, 
Um, but, you know, yeah, listen, it's, uh, we had to find a way to start getting clean sheets and we nearly got another one tonight. Disappointment was it was from a set play and, again, Alf held his hands up. It's his man. He shouldn't score. But, you know, we've got to cut that out. But, like you said, we look a lot more solid and the more solid we are, the more games we'll win. You're disappointed with the game management. You had a, players, a couple of players injured and you, you kept rushing the time at that period and willing we're on top at that time. Yeah, a little bit. And we shouted out to the boys, calm down, you know, but they're so eager to try and go and get a goal up the other end. And, you know, you say the management should have been a bit better. But we still, we can't legislate. Someone's got to, you know, you've got to do your job defensively on a set play, um, which generally we did. They're a big team and, uh, you know, we, we knew that and we worked on that. Let's um, say so generally we set plays we've been dealing very well with. Um, but our, I thought we had, we did, had some good play tonight as well. I mean, how to keep a save uh, Alfie's header, I don't know. And, and, and Monaldio's whipped in shots. So, listen, I thought the boys were outstanding tonight. And, uh, and our fans were and all. You know, we come under a bit of fire. We have to take that. Do you know what? Though? We have got a good dressing room. We've got a good team. They know that. Welling know that as well. And uh, tonight, I think we showed it. Shout out for Cheeky Candy. He came on the sub uh, 20 minutes gone with an injury to Reese Grant. I thought he was excellent today and he took his goal really well. Yeah, he's got to liven up. He, you know, he got to kick up the backside. You know, simple as that. He came on, I think, uh, the absolute game and he's got to do more for us. And uh, he's a great lad. We know he can score goals. He's got pace. He's a powerful boy. Uh, and like you say, when he came on tonight, he's, he's done great. Do you think you're using more centrally that way? Yeah, listen, he can play wide, but he can... We've got to find a way of playing with this group of players and to, uh, the last two games, I think we found a way and uh, hopefully that can continue. Obviously, we haven't got a game the weekend, so we have some work now until the, the Braintree game at home. Is that a frustration that you haven't got a game at the weekend after these performances? Yeah, a little bit. We tried to get a game, uh, but unfortunately, the team didn't want to play us, which is fair enough. It would have been in the league, but um, that's fair enough. It's up to them. Um, so, yeah, when you get a little bit of momentum, that's two games unbeaten. We want, we want the next game to come quickly. But, listen, gives us a real good time to get the group. We never really had a, a session together outside of football. And when I think you get a new group of players to, to get to know each other, It'd be nice to get together and, and, and have a beer with them and, uh, you know, do something different than football. Get to know their real characters and uh, I think there's an opportunity for us to do that. All in all, been a good two away games, four points on the board. Yeah, brilliant. You know, like I say, uh, I believe in this team. They believe in each other. They've almost got out there and showed tonight that we are capable of doing well in this league. I don't know if it's just me, Matt, but he sounds a bit re-energised in that interview. That's what a good couple of results will do for you, eh? Yeah. To be fair, um, going into that, I was probably really down last week. I thought there has been a lot. There's a campaign, not a campaign, but there's a lot of supporters who think he should leave um, and move on. Um, and again, these, these four points probably did, did him good. Did I expect David to get four points out of that? Probably not. But he's found a system there. Um, to I said to you probably earlier in the pod, the two best players, I've, two key players for Dover are the two wingbacks, Paxman, who is decent, gets up and down, and for a little bloke, he's quite physical, and Judd, who likes to challenge, and he's probably going to be banned quite a few games, but they both get up and down. And if they can get them forward um, and supporting it, with three at the back, Higgs has looked good at centre-half, Brundle's growing into it. It's a formation that works. There is issues with the team. Alfie Pavey, he's struggling big time at the moment. Pavey, um, he had a couple of chances. Candy came on and had a really good game second half. Right when he came on sub halfway through the first half and he scored a good goal. There is still things working in the direction, but what Dover needs to do, the stat that I had, Dover had no back-to-back wins, John, in 966 days, which is nearly three years. Wow. What they need to go now, I haven't looked at what it is, 
when was the last time they went three games unbeaten? They're not playing this weekend. They've got a game against Breakthrough Week on Saturday. It's about now, not necessarily winning, but going four or five games unbeaten, building that up. They've got the basis of a half of a side that's going to finish mid-table this division, which is all you can hope for, I think, from what he said last week about not going up, etc. like that. And that's all Dover won, but they looked a bit more competitive on Saturday. We saw them at Eastbourne and defensively they're all over the show, but they seemed organised. And what I would say, players were putting their body on the line, blocking things, heading things away. And I hadn't seen that this season. So, as again, shame they haven't got a game this week. Am I optimistic going forward? I'm more optimistic than I was seven days ago, but maybe in 14 days' time, I'll be back to the position I was last week. I wonder what game they tried to move. I had a quick look through the fixtures. I've got well, I think I think it was Slough. The, the oh. Slough one that was called off for the Queen's game. That's oh, what I presume. And Slough didn't want to know. Um, that would make but, sense, yeah. But again, again, Dover could be. The problem is, as they're out of the cup, and I think Oxford is still in the cup. They're supposed to play Oxford in a couple of weeks. They could have a time of not playing many games because they're out of the cup. And I think at the moment, they could probably do with playing just to keep that. You know, that feeling up winning games or not losing games is probably the best way. So. And just finally on Dover, um, your man Candy scored the goal. Uh, you spoke about him with Andy Hess inside of that. I thought he played really, really well at Eastbourne. And I think he's he looks like the, the sort of player that, that he may not be the most consistent, I guess. But I think he's a very, very decent player. Well, he played more central um, on Saturday. And if you see the goal thing... He played the Pavey role, and Pavey played, you know, it's a bit like a season pain, as I said there. Pavey wasn't in there. But he, he was a menace, bullied defenders, and if you go, we bullied the two centre-halves, and they're two decent centre-halves. So, yeah, I think it's consistency at this level. Dover have got, got some good players, and some players I think probably shouldn't be playing. But, yeah, there's, there's scope to work with um, if they can do work together. So there, there is a lot of work to do, but a little bit Better in the right direction. Good. Well, I'm glad to see things are moving in the in the in the yeah, right so I'm way. So I'm a bit happier now, mate. So there you go. So, but again, um, talking about the moving of the game, I know going off track here. I see a lot of clubs want to start. Why do you know Dover will have to play Slough on a midweek game in November? Surely teams like Slough want to do it. Dover don't want to be putting the floodlights on. So they're playing against Slough, and a lot of teams are now thinking of kicking off early. I see. Football league teams are doing it. Will we see a lot of our clubs kicking off early, John, if they're rearranging the fixtures? I would have thought. It I makes think sense, I've, doesn't it? The scaffold have already approved it, haven't they? They've already yep. approved uh, that teams can move games to one o'clock if they want to. And to be honest, in in a division like the scaffold and the Eastern League Southeast, I'm all for it. To be honest, it's it's much harder in the Conference South, isn't it? Because if you've got a Taunton or or a Weymouth or a Bath to go to, that's a that's a, a bad journey to get there for for one o'clock on a Saturday. Uh, if that's going to be the case. And it's, you know, the, the worry of that is, does it mean that clubs are going to have to start, you know, if Dover had to go to Bath, Dover would probably have to look into an overnight stay if it was going to be one yeah, o'clock kickoff, wouldn't yeah, they? So, you know, yeah. it, it swings and roundabouts, really. Um, but I'm sure it'll all get sorted out come again, what may. Sorry, sorry again, come again, what may. In this day and age, again, we're going to criticise the National League because I think, as we said before, we're playing so many games in November and December, A, with the World Cup on, and B, with, C, B, with the temperature. And see the cost of things, you know, the planning's terrible. So teams probably want to should, if they've got a free week, try and fit these games in. A on a Saturday, it may make more sense. But 
again, it's up to the clubs. Both clubs have got to agree. So that's how it works. Yes, absolutely. Let's go through the rest of the results in that division then uh, for our five teams on Saturday. Tomage Angels won a seven-goal thriller at Chestnut. Uh, Dartford beat Hampton Richmond 2-1. Fleet won 1-0 at Hungerford. It was Welling 2, Haven or Toulouville 2. As we already mentioned, Dover 1 at Weymouth. The other games on Tuesday night saw Angels beating 1-0 at Hemel Hempstead, uh, while Dartford beat Eastbourne by a 2-1. In a game sadly oversha- overshadowed by the actions of at least one idiot in the stands who racially abused a Borough player. Uh, long one this, but I'm going to go through it. Uh, both clubs released statements after the incident. Here is Dartford's statement. We are aware of an incident close to the end of Tuesday's fixture in which wholly unacceptable and disgusting comments are said to have been made to an Eastbourne player. Stewards and a number of our own supporters quickly intervened and the offender was removed from the stadium. Dartford FC prides itself on being a community club wholly committed to eradicating all forms of discrimination and we continue to take a zero tolerance approach to incidents of racism. We welcome many thousands of decent and friendly supporters to Prince's Park every season and it is a stain on the whole game when incidents such as this occur. Individuals such as this have no place in the game and certainly not at Prince's Park. We have passed on our heartfelt apologies to the player and all of our good friends at Eastbourne Borough FC. Both clubs are united in football and our commitment to equality. Now, I've said things like this far too many times on this show in the past, but if you are the sort of person who can't attend a game without making a racist comment, then this show and and the sport of football are not for you. There's no place for it. And an idiot like this gives football and all of its fans a bad name. Just give it up. Go and educate yourself. And if you still can't manage not to be racist, which is one of the first things we should all be quite capable of doing, then please, please stay at home and spout your nonsense where only you can hear it. Uh, away from that, Matt, you were at Dartford on Saturday, weren't you? And uh, th- th- they got the win. That's that, I suppose that's all that matters because they, it has a bit of bit inconsistent, haven't they, the Darts? Well, I thought that, but now you look at it, they've won four out of five in the league. They're at home on Saturday. They win that, they'll go third in the league. Um, so it's going in the right direction. Against Hampton, huffed and puffed a little bit. Fair play to Charlie Sheringham when he came on, changed the game. I've seen Madari a couple of times with Dartford. Can't really see too much of it. He does like to moan towards the referee. So he's on loan from Crawley. It's just a different game when Sheringham comes on. You know, he's 34, 35, but he's so clever. So clever. Um, he probably might not be able to do the 90 minutes now, but he made a real difference to that. He just, he's hold up play. Um, it's just different. And it was just when I said, we had, we had Tommy Wood playing for Hampton. Hampton had a couple of good players. Number seven was good for them. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for there. Tommy Wood was interesting. Big target man. I like Tommy Wood. But all his tactic was, when they got the ball long to him, he'd look at the centre-half, either Bonner or Essen, put his body in there and try and just get there before they did. Hampton played some nice football, no end product. Sheringham come off the bench. Darford looked at it, brought a spark up, brought the crowd together. First touch, he controlled it. Second touch, he put the ball in the back of the net. And second one, he set up young Marvin Herschel, 17-year-old from the academy, who was very raw, but... What I would say, he grew into the game and his finish from the edge of the penalty area was excellent. And that showed the quality that maybe he's got going forward. Um, and from a Dartford point of view, you know, Steve King bringing Brian players in out week in, week out. That's a second Academy boys playing regularly for Dartford this season. And I think that would have pleased the supporters. I think the Academy was sort of moved to one, one side by Steve King. And, and clearly they've got some talent coming through. So, yeah, four wins out of five, John. We thought, you know, that defeat to Beckenham in the Cup, you know, was a shocker. Um, disappointing for them. But if they win on Saturday, it'll be five wins out of six in the league. And you can't grumble with that. And you never know. Epstein could, you know, 
they're on a good run of form and we know he's a decent manager, Alan Dowson. Um, so from there, they'll be well ensconced in the playoff positions and that's what you, maybe what you can ask for after a dozen games or a goal, whatever it will be. Yeah, so you say hope make the fans happy. As, as long as it didn't make that prat on Tuesday night happy, uh, we're all okay. Well, look, no, Dartford fans are um, knowledgeable about football, so I'm surprised about that. And clearly, well, I'm, I'm, what's good, that what's really pleased me is that the Dartford fans stood up and actually pointed this person out and got them and got yeah. them thrown out of the ground. And I, and I hope that that person never gets to see another football match as long as... Well, uh, I, I have to say that the statement straight after the final whistle from Dartford, you know, we've seen certain clubs, you know, sit on their hands on this thing there. That was an excellent statement coming straight after the final whistle. So um, fair play to the people from Dartford who don't want to be um, entertained or anything to do with this idiot who's um, causing that language. So excellent um, response from Dartford. And hopefully, um, as you say, he will never see a football game again. Yeah, starts the only one of our leagues of our sides in league action on Saturday. Another home game, they've got Hungerford. Uh, the FA Cup for the rest who are remaining, which is actually only two of our National League South sides, but there are six overall. There's some big games for some of our teams, not least Seven Oaks Town, who travel to face Bath City, a brilliant tie for them, and Beckenham, who play their first ever third qualifying round tie against Binfield, who since thrashing Tommy James in the last one have lost their manager. Uh, folks in Victor travel to Dulwich Hamlet, Ebbsfleet go to Hanwell, Herne Bay travel to Hendon, and more alliteration as Welling make the longest trip to the South Coast to face Weymouth. Uh, so naff ties in there for our teams but I know Matt you're going to one of those ties on Saturday and I think you might just see a Kent team get through. Yes I'm off to see Beckenham against Binfield. It's the second first time I've ever seen I've never, never been to Beckenham's ground before. First time I've been there. I've seen Binfield because I saw him against Deal about 18 months ago they were in the Vars and they come from behind to win that so I've seen Binfield before. I have to say really looking forward to it. I have to say a shout out to Philip Passy the um, media manager back at him. I let him know I was coming. The information he's passed to me, his knowledge of letting me know what's going on, what they're doing, etc., has been absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much, Philip. I've got oodles of paperwork to go through about players and things like that. So I'm really looking forward to it. He said it's, they've never been in the third qualifying round. What an achievement it would be if they can get to the fourth qualifying round. He said they're hoping for maybe four or 500 people Again, brilliant. I'm really looking forward to it. Never been to Beckenham's ground before. I don't think I've ever been to Beckenham before. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. And so I'm looking forward to meeting Philip as well. So I know they've got Gary Hollock, Haylock, the manager. Did the other manager go somewhere? Did he go to Bracknell or something, the manager? Yeah, he did. He went up to Bracknell because the Bracknell manager went somewhere else. And they, He's gone to Weymouth, bit, yeah. Yeah, so there's yeah, been a bit so. of a mar- manager and go around. But I mean, that guy's done a, a brilliant job at, at Binfield. Binfield you know, yeah, the way that they've gone Wembley, up. And, things like that. Yeah, yeah again, Looking at, you know, doing my homework at the um, Beckenham. Beckenham have had a great start to the season. So they've won at Dartford. If they can win at Dartford, they can beat Binfield. And um, I'm, for people like Philip, I'm desperate for them to do it. Because his passion, I've only spoken to him by email, but his passion coming through to that is absolutely brilliant. I'm so looking forward to it. So again, I'm looking for, probably the, the, the most, most excited game I'm looking forward to all season so far is going to Beckenham. I'm really looking forward to it. FA Cup. What it means to a club to get to the fourth qualifying round, they could draw Maidstone United. How good would that be? Or even whether the Southern teams are big teams in the National League. So, fingers crossed for them. I'm looking forward to it. 
Yeah, I can't say I'm not hurt that you were looking at me more excited about that than you were when you're coming down to see me. But, you know, <laughs> well, we move on. We move on. It's fine. Uh, on to the National League uh, now, where it's three defeats in four for the aforementioned Maidstone United. Uh, but they were so close to holding unbeaten leaders Chesterfield in a thriller at the Gallagher on Saturday, eventually losing 2-1 to a Darren Oldacre go four minutes into stoppage time. Uh, James Alabi had levelled for the Stones in 88 minutes, just six minutes after the deadlock had been broken. Bromley, by contrast, three wins in the last four, up into fifth. Uh, they brushed aside Oldham Athletic 3-0 on Saturday. I mean, obviously, Oldham have had plenty of issues over the past few years, but you cannot be blasé about this fact, Matt. Bromley beat a former Premier League side 3-0. Fantastic. Again, superlatives for Bromley. Again, it's just a good crowd as well. 3,400? No Premier League teams weren't playing and there's a lot of teams around there. Yeah, I, I think, um, again... I, st- I think Bromley have got enough in their squad to get in the playoffs this season. Again, maybe the top three are going to be the teams that are going to run it. But is it, again, look like a bit like Bournemouth Wood who are in the playoffs. Bromley want to be like the Bournemouth Woods, bloody the nose of these teams, and who are a good side. There's no doubt about it. Um, 3 0, swatting them aside. Um, and again, I don't think Cheek has really hit form yet as well, which is maybe a good, t- good sign for Bromley because when he hits form, they can even fly even more. Yes. Uh, this weekend, Bromley go to Solihull. Maidstone travels to Boreham Wood, a 5.20pm kickoff, which I assume that means that's on TV. Uh, Maidstone then go to... That's Bromley. Bromley, Solihull. That'll be a cracking match. Really good. That's a, an excellent test for for them. Solihull score a lot of goals. Bromley are quite tight defensively. Yeah, should be a really good test for them, that one. Yeah, and then Tuesday night, Maidstone go to Barnet and Bromley face Boreham Wood. So a, a, a big oh, couple of games yeah. uh, for Bromley over the weekend. But we shall see uh, how that pans out. Uh, last but by no means least, lots going on for our Oceania League teams, not just in the league and the FA Trophy, but the Kent Senior Cup and the Velocity Trophy have also started this week. There really is no rest for the wicked, is there? <laughs> uh, in the Eastman Premier League, it wasn't a great day for our teams on Saturday with Herne Bay, the only side not to lose. But their 1-1 draw at Averley wasn't enough to take them off the foot of the table. Uh, Folkestone beaten 3-2 at home by Potter's Bar. Craig Wanderers lost 2-1 at the top of the table. Hornchurch. Margate went from 2-1 up to lose 5-2 at home to Enfield Gate. The only uh, team in league action this weekend as they face Averley. And on Tuesday, Bishop Stortford against Folkestone Victor. Uh, Corinthian Casuals against Cray Wanderers. And Margate are playing again. They're at home to Haringey Borough. Uh, no games in the Eastman League South East this week. Just the FA Trophy for our sides. And again, a mixed bag. Ashford made it through as they saw three bridges. 2-0. Cray Valley beat East Thurrock 5-3. Seven Oaks also made it through 5-3 on penalties after a 2-2 draw with Hartford Town. And Faversham, 3-2 winners at FC Romania on Sunday. Sittingbourne lost on spot kicks to Burgess Hill. While Corinthian also bailed out. They lost 4-2 to Whitehawk, having got it back to 3-2 after being three behind at the break. The reward for that was a trip to Folkestone. So I don't know particularly uh, if that was, if not getting through that is, is the worst thing in the world, but uh, disappointing for Corinthian. I really thought they were going to get back into it because I was keeping a close eye uh, on those scores. The fixtures this weekend in the Ismail League South East is Chichester against Faversham Town. Corinthian are at home to Haywards Heath. Lansing is the destination for Cray Valley PM. Ashford United travel to face Littlehampton. Sheppey United are at home to Whitehawk. Is Sittingbourne against Chatham and VCD Athletic against Ramsgate. So we've pretty much covered it all there, Matt. That was a, much better than last week's, wasn't it? Well, it's interesting because I, I um, went, after my football on Saturday, I popped into Sainsbury's and there was a guy in a Margate shirt doing his shopping. And I said, oh, mate, how did you get on? I didn't know the score. Oh, dear. And uh, he said, we got stuffed 5-2. And after that, he just walked away from me. So that showed, I, I, he was disappointed he was doing his shopping on a Saturday. Yeah, but that, he was, uh, 
yeah, that, that is all his words. We got stuff five two. So, yes, yeah, but when I look back at that, there were two went up as well. So, um, yeah, um, yeah, again, not a good week for our uh, Isthmian Premier League teams, was it? I have to say there. <laughs> no, folks have um, out of the of the Kent seat. Uh, folks who played one of the cup competitions and they were at home to Cray Valley and they lost that as well and, cup, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 please don't think that I'm disrespecting either of those competitions but they're not at the very top of my list of priorities where we've got the FA Cup and the FA Trophy and, and this time of season is really really p- tricky for us actually because you know we, we try to cover all the results we don't want the show to be really really long and the FA a little bit, the Velocity Trophy and the Kent Senior Cup, as important as they will be later on in the season, they're getting in the way. And you know, I look at Seven Oaks, who yeah. and I don't know if you've seen this story, yeah, now, but Seven Oaks actually it, withdrew from the Kent Senior Cup because they had um, you know, they're they're in the FA trophy. They got the F- they won in the FA trophy on penalties on Saturday. They picked up loads of injuries and illnesses as well. Um they I've got a massive FA Cup game. And the rule has always been from the Eastman League. If you've got an FA, a big FA Cup game on a Saturday, you can call your game off on the Tuesday. They'd already moved this game with Sittingbourne once um, at Sittingbourne's request. And then they couldn't manage between the Kent FA and Sittingbourne to arrange another postponement. So Seven Oaks, with a heavy heart, uh, have pulled out of the Kent Senior um, Cup, which, you know, I don't think I don't think anybody at Seven Oaks would have wanted to do that. But these cup competitions, it's just relentless at the moment and you know we were talking earlier on about all the fixtures that are going to be played in the cold and the dark and the winter you know why why are we playing all these games at this exact moment why couldn't there have been a bit more leeway uh for seven oaks town it just doesn't make any sense to me matt no again the velocity trophy comes back around again if a team gets to the final we'll be all over it no doubt about it but well yeah. we were last year we were so exactly. pleased that Margate got there but again the Kent senior cup there's no need it, it could, well, I, I, I mean, we spoke about the Kensington Cup last year, and, and we we had problems with it last season, didn't we? Because of the way that the final ended up being play, played so late. So they're trying to avoid that again. It's it's such a conundrum because it is an important competition. Folks and, have got a big game in the FA Cup, and they don't want I don't know they joke Jackson played because he scored, didn't he? So they don't want to risk anything because the Dulwich game A is a lot bigger and B more financially beneficial. So. Uh, again, I suppose you've got to fit these games in somehow, but it could be a little bit of planning. Kent's, again, I'm not going to be critical. But I am going to be critical. They know in the first two months of the season, a lot of teams are either in VARs or FA Cup action. Some of these competitions, let's have a little think and maybe move them back. But again, it just doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Um, while we're on Seven Oaks, actually, massive congratulations to Harry Hudson, uh, who became a dad this week. Uh, very, very nice man, Harry Hudson, uh, friend of the show. He did. I did actually text him yesterday just to congratulate him and try and get some some info out of him. But uh, yeah, really, really nice bloke, Harry Hudson. I don't think you've ever had the pleasure, Matt, but he's genuinely one of the good guys in uh, in our Kent managerial nonny circle. So congratulations to him and his partner uh, on the birth of their child. Um, yeah, good luck this weekend as well in the FA Cup for a massive massive team. good luck to all of our teams in the FA yeah. Cup. Uh, you been up to anything exciting? Anything good on the telly? Uh, what have we been watching? Um, no, I watched a lot of House of Games. Um, what have we watched? Well, still, uh, we've got the Apple. If you watched Bad Sisters, that's the one. If you watched Gogglebox on there, that's quite funny, but not really too much else. So, um, luckily, we're recording the pod a bit earlier now. Um, well, this on Thursday, so um, we should hopefully. Be and have something to well watch something in a minute, but we need you to know find what's on in eight on. minutes' time, Matthew. I don't, 
Oh, with Taskmaster, you want to get on yeah, for that? Yeah, boy. Yeah. So, yeah, Taskmaster's on. So, I probably so. won't watch it live, actually, but um, because I'll be editing this and I've got to have something to eat because I don't know if anyone's aware, but I didn't get to go anywhere today because of bloody Amazon and Royal Mail. Um, but yes. Uh, no, no. Yeah. So nothing. There's nothing. Um, nothing. Well, we've, 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 I've came Karate Kid series four. Not Karate Kid. Um, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai series four. So we've done series four. We've done all that. So. Um, no, that's not not too much at the minute. It's that game. There's a lot on the telly, but we haven't got around to watch anything. You know, sort of thing. a lot of dramas, but that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I was I was very busy at the weekend. I had a lovely weekend actually, just going out and about and doing various things. I actually went to the pictures on Monday. What uh, did you guys see? I went to see Don't Worry, Darling. Don't know if you've heard of that. Is um, that the one, the crime one with a lot of people in it? No, it's the it's got Harry Styles in it. Oh um, right. From from One Direction and. Um, Is it a comedy? No, no, very much not. Uh, it's a, 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 a it's a psychological thriller. Um, mm. I won't spoil it for people. Was it any good? I, I enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the experience of being at the cinema. I enjoyed the company. That's all I'm well, going to say on that. Uh, when on was that last matter. time you went to the cinema? I think the last time I went to the cinema before Monday uh, was I went to see Last Christmas. <laughs> that must have been just before Christmas 2019. That's the wham um, thing, isn't it? Yeah, so it wasn't like, it, but it's the it's it's the film that's based around the the last Christmas uh, thing. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it gets you, it'll get you in the Christmas spirit if you've never seen it. Uh, uh, but is it anybody was, uh, wearing masks in the cinema? Well, there was only about ten people in there, uh, so um, um, and we we all managed to be spaced out. Um, there was a little bit of concern when the last lot of people came in and came and sat in the same row that we were sat in, and we were like. Please don't come and sit next to us, please. Um, but fortunately, um, there was uh, there, there was none of that. So I enjoyed it. It was it was nice to go to the cinema. So I haven't done it for a long time. Um, overbought the popcorn was the key thing that I did. Um, I thought oh, I'll get a large one. Um, because and that we need to remortgage now for that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, bad time to be. In, in that. Like, do you know what? It wasn't actually too bad because I bought two drinks that were sizable. And the biggest popcorn they could do, and it was only like 15 quid. I mean, I was thinking it would have been more than that. I mean, obviously, the drink was a lot of ice, um, mm. but it, it got us through the through the film. And, um, yeah, it was uh, it was it was nice. I, I, I very thoroughly enjoyed myself um, getting out. And, you know, I'll definitely be doing more of this cinema malarkey because I don't, I don't, I've not been a lot. But actually, I really, really enjoyed it on, on Monday. So fingers crossed. Well, you, you've got be... much work coming up. I suppose Have I got much work coming up? Uh, so my day that has been wasted because of Amazon Royal Mail, I'm just going to mention that again, Amazon Royal Mail, um, is my last day off until the 10th of October. Wow. So, yeah. Um, football, so, football, football, football. Sport, sport, sport. Sport, sport, sport. Uh, and it does make my uh, burgeoning social life uh, pretty tricky. But uh, where there's a will, there's a way. Uh, if you can find a way to well, do it. And I, I, and I will be able to afford more £15 Sweets in the cinema, mate. If you ever come with me, you won't be getting anything like that. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I'll be able to. Uh, I'll be able to pay the fee to uh, to get everything sorted. So we'll true, uh, we'll true. sort that out, and uh, one person will get that reference. Anyway, that's all that matters. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's show. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, we're at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Search for Kent Only Podcast. I'm at John Phipps eighty one. That's J O N P H I P P S eight one. If you if you want to follow me, I'm really good. Um, and Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. He's not as good as me on Twitter. No, he's no, got, I don't tweet He's got like no. twice as many followers as me. It's not right. There's something wrong going wrong there. And well, I still, don't tweet anything either. Still, that train's got more followers than me. And that, that is going to 
bother me until the till the end of time. So please follow me, make me happy. Uh, I, I would very, very much uh, like that. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's show. Thanks to all of our guests for their time, uh, especially uh, Mickey, who I just managed to get hold of uh, rather late in the day. Uh, and massive, massive, massive good luck to all of our teams in FA Cup action this weekend. Hopefully, uh, we'll have six of you through to join Maidstone and Bromley in the draw, which is taking place, I believe, on Monday at 3.45 or 3.15, uh, live on TalkSport 2. So hopefully there'll be some some good ties. We'll have some teams get through. Uh, it'd be absolutely fantastic. I hope, Matt, that you have a brilliant day at Beckham. Give my regards to, to Philip. And if you bump into a chap called Milton as well, uh, give him my warmest regards. I know you're yeah. listening, Milton. Uh, thank you for the nice message that you sent us last week. Uh, and lovely to hear from you. Uh, but as I say, thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's show. I uh, hope you have a lovely weekend, as I'm planning to. And I'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only podcast. Come on, the Becks!